South Texas on the U.S.-Mexican border. People have begun to disappear. Individuals, families, gone without a trace. All humanity is in danger. And this small Texas town sits at ground zero. Alright Troops, welcome to episode 19 of the Tyrell Hack Podcast. I'm your man Chris Scullion, coming to your ears via iTunes, TyrellHack.com and for the first time YouTube.com. Um, on my YouTube channel I've decided to start putting the podcasts up there uh, with some just kind of random gameplay footage of some of the games I've been playing recently. Uh, basically when I'm playing games for review I'm always running, almost always running it through a grabber. Uh, capturing footage of what I'm playing just in case I need to get screenshots later on or make some videos or whatever so yeah I've got all this kind of spare footage lying about so I figured why not uh, put it in the background while I kind of put in my podcasts over it so that people can kind of see some footage if, if, if YouTube is where you're, you're, you're more usually listen to podcasts and stuff then that's now a new avenue so for today's episode if you're watching this on YouTube um what you will be seeing is footage from NBA 2K18, uh, first the Xbox One version um, and then later on the Nintendo Switch version, both versions will be in this video, um, so you can kind of compare and contrast them and see how the Switch version holds up. Um, it's a kind of apt game to be doing because uh, later on in the podcast I'm going to be discussing the review situation. Um, in the last podcast a couple of weeks ago, I spoke about my review of Metroid Samus Returns, um, how I gave it a 10 for Nintendo Life and how it was a kind of interesting situation whenever you do a review like that <clears throat> because you don't know uh, what the reaction is going to be when you're writing the review, you don't know what everyone else is going to give it and it just kind of ended up working out okay that um, yeah, the, the majority of people agreed with me that it was a really good game. Uh, but also, like I also mentioned the kind of ways some people react in a kind of negative way to reviews and um, how it's a bit uh, a bit unnecessary. So as luck would have it, a week after the Metroid Samus Returns review, I then reviewed NBA 2K18 for Nintendo Switch on Nintendo Life and it brought with it its whole, uh, a whole new level, a whole new um, series of annoyances and problems. So I'm going to be discussing that in the ridiculous Da Vinci Code style conspiracies that have been uh, surrounding that review next um, so yeah I'll get to that later on but um, for now let's have a look at some of the kind of gaming news doing the rounds just a wee bit uh, before I go on to that Super Mario Run the old handheld I say handheld mobile Mario game uh, on Android and iOS which is um, I was going to say an endless runner but it is an endless it's got very much has an end it's got numerous stages that have ends to them um, it's getting an update, uh, a, a long uh, anticipated update, uh, which is adding a new world called World Star, uh, which adds like nine new stages, um, apparently with new enemies and mechanics and stuff, so that's quite good. Um, it's adding a new mode called Remix 10, which apparently will uh, chop and change, basically take bits from each level and introduce them at random because you know, each stage in Super Mario Run is kind of split into numerous sections so it'll probably be taking sections from each of those and uh, putting them all together so that's quite good um, and finally Daisy as a playable character I 
really don't like Daisy much, but that's for another another podcast. Uh, I'm just not into the whole yeehaw uh, type of things. But um, yeah, um, Daisy has our fans, so the, the Daisy fan base will be will be happy with that. I, I have no doubts. Um, so yeah, that's Super Mario Run. If you don't have it yet, um, it sounds like this is a good time to buy it, especially because between. Uh, 29th of September and the 10th of October it's going to be half price to buy the full game so instead of uh, when Mario Run came out the the payment mechanics for it was instead of microtransactions um, it's a single transaction so you get the first world or so for free and if you like it brilliant, you pony up $10 or whatever the equivalent it was in pounds um, and that was it. One-off payment. You got the game, unlocked all the world, unlocked everything. Um, that was it. Uh, so yeah, so during that period, 20th of September till the 10th of October, it's going to be $5 instead or whatever the equivalent is in pounds, so three or four quid. Um, so yeah, if you don't have it yet, that's the perfect time to get it. Um, I'm also going to be announcing a thing soon. Um, I've got numerous copies of my Super Mario Run handbook that I wrote um, a while back. That kind of came out early at the start of this year. People have been asking me to, what well, I say, people as if it's a common thing. A number of a number of people have been asking me about signed copies and stuff like that. I'm going to be announcing. I've got like seven or eight copies here with me. Uh, I'm going to be announcing a thing on how I'm going to be selling some of those soon uh, to raise money for charity. So uh, keep an eye on my Twitter and stuff like that, and maybe on tarlohack.com, and I'll give you um, the details and how that's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's obviously n- not everyone gives a shit about me signing books, but th- there have been a couple of people asking about it, so this is for them mainly, so don't worry about it. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Um, but yeah, so there you go. Um, keep it on Nintendo. Shinji Mikami, the, the Mr. Resident Evil, essentially, um, he says that he would like to bring the Evil Within 2 to Switch. Also, The Evil Within 2 is coming out next month, uh, 13th of October, I believe. Friday the 13th, which is apt. Um, and yeah, he says he wants to bring it to the Switch. He was interviewed by GameSpot and he said, and I quote, I think a Switch version would be interesting. I'd like to try it if I had the chance. Although, to be fair, he did also add that he doesn't have a Switch yet because he can't find one. Because uh, if you think it's hard to find a Switch here um, and in the US, it's even harder in Japan where by all accounts, people are queuing up in Japan just for raffle tickets to try and buy one. Um, that's how limited the stock is there. So, um, And I saw Reggie fils was speaking recently about how, contrary to popular belief, the whole kind of conspiracy theory that Nintendo's holding back stock, that in reality Nintendo released more stock than was expected because, according to him, um, by all accounts, lots of... Um, analysts and, and the like predicted that it would sell fewer than 2 million at launch and Reggie says they actually released 2.7 million and they all sold out so they actually did more than was expected and it's still selling like hotcakes so there comes a point when you've got to stop thinking is this maybe a conspiracy and start thinking you know something maybe they're just selling more than they can make uh, which is kind of understandable um, and it doesn't I say it doesn't help, it does help for Switch owners that you've now got people like Shinji Mikami and others saying, yeah okay I'd like to make a Switch version of this because the Switch is clearly hot property now, everyone can see the benefit of of playing console quality games on the move in a handheld, you've seen that recently with Doom uh, coming to the Switch and um, 
Wolfenstein 2 coming to the Switch later on, you're finally, you, you were starting to get the first rumblings of, it was the problem that the Wii U had at first, um, and the Wii eventually had, uh, third party support, obviously, the new third party saying we don't really want to make games for this, what's the point, uh, there's nothing in it for us, whereas at the moment, certainly at least with Switch, there certainly is something in it for developers, and they're all jumping on this bandwagon, and it's, it can only be a good thing for Switch gamers. So yeah, uh, Evil Within 2, Mikami would like to. That's not a confirmation that it's coming to the Switch, but um, certainly nice to see uh, interest in it. You, you had that recently as well, the Final Fantasy developers seem to like to bring Final Fantasy to Switch as well. Um, and obviously Doom and Wolfenstein, so there's, it's a good time. It's a good time to be a Switch owner um, because it looks like the third-party support is actually here this time uh, for the first time since maybe the GameCube era to an extent. So that's good. Um, and yeah, finally with Nintendo again, the, the, the stock price leapt up more than 7%. Here's an interesting one that a lot of people maybe not didn't notice or didn't consider. Now, the Nintendo, the Nintendo had a Nintendo Direct a, a week or two ago, um, and one of the games in it, which you nine, 9 out of 10 of you, maybe more than that listening, have probably already forgotten Arena of Valor was announced during Nintendo Direct. Um and it's understandable that you would you would look at it and, and that most people would just totally ignore that because it looked like just a standard um, kind of free-to-play style MOBA type thing, multiplayer online battle arena game. And that's because that's what it is. It's just a MOBA um, thing. But the thing is, that game, which is also kind of known as King of Glory in places and uh, also known as Arena of Valor, uh, that game is uh, published by Tencent Games, who are a Chinese developer, uh, a Chinese studio, sorry, um, and it is fucking enormous. You might not be familiar with it, but if you're familiar with it, um, you'll know it's, it's actually an enormous game. It's actually uh, the world's most profitable uh, game and popular free download app because of its success in China, mainly. Um and for years, game developers, uh, game console manufacturers have been trying to break China. For the longest time, China was a no-go zone because um, the gaming was essentially banned in China. Um, so you had people in China had to buy systems through the grey market, as, as they called it. Uh, so not quite the black market, but just kind of under, under the counter buying game systems and you had to import the games and all that. But then relatively recently, the law was changed slightly so that game consoles could be started being sold in China. Um, so yeah, the news that Arena of Valor is coming to the Switch may not have kind of registered on your on your uh, earthquake meter uh, when it was first announced, um, but in China that's fucking enormous news. That's the equivalent of fucking Call of Duty coming to the Switch, um, and so. As a result, Nintendo's stock price rose by more than seven percent following that announcement, and it's so it's a big deal for it. May not be a big deal for you. It's certainly not a big deal for me, but it's another big deal for Nintendo because that could be the game that helps them break China, um, and that's a fucking enormous market for them to to gain access to. Now, they've had access to it for a while, but it's breaking it has been a struggle because you're 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 kind of it's a new market essentially and it takes time to build this but Arena of Valor being on Switch but is a fucking massive feather in the Switch's cap and it's going to be interesting to see how the Switch does in China going forward um, so yeah that's good times it's, it's, it's good times for Nintendo they've always had up, always had ups and downs and 
this is an up just now, so that's that's good to see. Um, even if you're not, even if you're more of an Xbox or a PlayStation gamer, you should always want to see every studio, every manufacturer doing well because um, success breeds competition. Competition breeds innovation. Um, you look at the WWE. This <laughs> is a wrestling analogy. When they bought WCW, the quality plummeted because there was no competition anymore. Uh, you need competition to breed good ideas. Fucking motorbike or something outside. It's really annoying me. It's quite loud. So yeah, there we go. Uh, that's just some of the news recently. I don't want to turn this into a newscast, but there you go. I just thought I'd bring up a couple of things that I uh, noticed recently. Um... We bit of news about the site just now, tiredoldhack.com, if you're not familiar with it. A few articles on there that might be of interest. Um, I recently wrote about the complete history of Nintendo's arcade games. Uh, as part of that Nintendo Direct, I was discussing Nintendo announced that um, it was bringing um, a bunch of arcade classics. The Arcade Archives series, uh, which Hamster Corporation have already been doing. Uh, they're now going to be doing Nintendo games starting with Mario Brothers on the 29th, so this Thursday actually. Um, so I did an article on the complete history of Nintendo arcade games, so going all the way back to the late 70s, uh, where they did the first arcade games, all the way up to uh, Versus Golf, which was at 90, yeah, sorry, Versus Dr. Mario, which was 94, something like that. So yeah, the kind of 40-odd uh, arcade games they did in that time, there's a big article on all those. It's quite a long article, but it should be quite interesting reading, because a lot of those games... Um, Certainly the later ones, maybe not the early ones, but certainly the the Versus series ones and stuff like that will certainly looks like they'll be coming to the Switch um, soon. Starting with Mario Brothers, but recent, since then confirmed has been the likes of um, Wrecking Crew, which I never expected we'd see. That's going to be really exciting. Um, not so much for people... Wrecking Crew is not a great game, but for people like me who want to play every Nintendo game, Versus Wrecking Crew is this kind of... Um, not quite a holy grail, but an obscenely rare game that, uh, to the best of my knowledge, wasn't released in the West. It was only released in Japan, and no one ever made a ROM dump of it, so you never really play it on an emulator or anything like that. So it sounds like that's coming, so that's a pretty massive deal for Nintendo kind of historians who want to mess around with it and see the difference between the arcade version and the home version, even though I think it's negligible. So yeah, there we go. Um, so yeah, check that on the site, Complete History of Nintendo Arcade Games. It should still be on the front page. Um, also on the site I did a review of Pokken Tournament DX uh, which is out this week um, DX obviously standing for Deluxe as opposed to D-Generation X and yeah it, it, I mean it's, it's Pokken Tournament it's one of those reviews which was a hard one to write because it's um, it's essentially 95% of it is the same as the Wii U version except it looks a tiny wee bit better runs a wee bit better not better as in remastered or anything it's just a wee bit sharper the, the resolution's a bit sharper um, it's more stable and yeah they've added like five new characters a couple of new support characters other than that it's essentially the same game uh, which is totally fine um, it's a good game, it's a fun game especially on the Switch playing with two players with two Joy-Con in tabletop mode it's good fun um, so get stuck into that Pokken Tournament DX, the review's on the site and if it sounds intriguing you can give the game a wee buy and, and see what you think about that Finally on the site, I've started my VHS preservation project. This is something I've been kind of hinting at for a number of weeks now, maybe months, um, because it's taken a while to get set up. I've got a big collection of kind of British VHS uh, tapes from back in the late 80s, early 90s of video game stuff, promo tapes and 
game magazine, video magazines and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I'm in the process of preserving those, so but digitally, uh, digitally capturing them through a VHS player, through an upscaler, upscaler through a capture device to get the kind of high quality full frame rate videos. So yeah, I'm working my way through those. I've already done the Super Mario All Stars video hosted by Craig Charles of Red Dwarf and Robot Wars fame. And I've just done the Donkey Kong Country one and there'll be a couple more coming up in the coming weeks. Uh, but yeah, eventually all 17, 18 videos that I own will be done and then I'll be kind of shouting out for more if people want to donate videos or uh, loan me some videos so that I can capture those as well. I want to do that. It's essentially want to get to the point where as many British VHS tapes as possible have been preserved because a lot of people on YouTube and like are doing it with American tapes just because America's bigger and, and there's, a, there's more chance that people are interested in doing that in America. Uh, but in the UK, it's not a lot of people doing the same, uh, certainly not to the quality that I'm hoping to try and capture them. So it's an important thing, uh, I think, that the history of games and the preservation of the history of games. So um, it's something I want to do as much as possible. Um, so if there are any videos, once I'm finished, that you, if you any of you have old video game VHS tapes, um, I'm going to be doing a shout out for them, so please do let me know because um, we need to get as many of these done as possible before over time tape degrades in quality and eventually kind of rots and tape snap and stuff like that. I want to get to the point where we can get as many of these preserved as possible so that they don't disappear over and lost to time essentially. So yeah, that's that. Finally, and this is the bit we have a drink now of Iron Brew Extra, highly recommended. Nectar of the Gods. Um, yeah, this is the final bit of what I discussed today. Um, the review situation again. Now, like I said, last podcast a couple of weeks ago, um, I reviewed Metroid Samus Returns for Nintendo Life. And I went on a wee bit of a rant because a lot of people were questioning my 10 out of 10 score for it, uh, questioning my... Um, basically my ability to score games despite me having done this for 11 and a half years now um, a lot of people getting really arsy about it and, and, and essentially the, the rant boiled down to people are too strung up on review scores without actually reading the text of the reviews um, I could write I, I, I could write a 5000 word review for a game if I wanted to not that I would because that would be madness um, and if it had a score at the end people would just, the comment section would just be people arguing about the score, almost as if those 5,000 words never happened and that was the case with the Metroid review, a lot of people were just totally fucking ignoring the words I'd written and were just arguing about the 10, should it be a 9 should it be an 8, am I biased am I selling my soul to Nintendo, did Nintendo pay me to give it a good score etc etc, a load of old shite um, and yeah so the podcast essentially ended with me saying like read the words <laughs> don't don't worry about the score the score's a thing that's there but but stop the conspiracy theory shit and just kind of the the, the words are all there in the review that's my opinion uh you, people asking me to clarify things it's all there that's my statement on it so yeah a week later nintendo life get in touch again do you want to review nba 2k18 on switch and i'm like yes i would love to because i'm a big nba 2k fan i've 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 played the games for a number of years. I've got an article on one of my early articles on Tidal Hack was about was moaning at two K turning off the servers for one of their older games because I was still catching up with them. Uh, my Jake McPake character was about to to essentially be killed because of my career mode was linked to 
uh, it was linked online for some bizarre reason. Um, so yeah, I thought, yeah, I'm, I, I know my NBA series, so yeah, I'm more than happy to uh, review that. Um, and yeah, so I, I wrote the review, and again, it was another one of these situations where the, I hadn't seen the reviews, any other reviews by the time I'd written mine, because that's not what you do. And in this particular situation, uh, despite me being really excited for the game, the Switch version uh, during my review process was buggy as fuck, full of glitches, um, to the point that cutscenes were playing at half the speed, so the, they were basically ruined. Because uh, the, the the dialogue would play at normal speed, but the cutscenes would, would run at half speed or less than half speed. So you'd be sitting there listening to the dialogue and not matching the, the thing at all. The dialogue went way ahead of its way ahead of what you're seeing. And then when the dialogue finished, you'd just sit there and with an unskippable cutscene watching the slow motion mute cutscene playing out until it caught up with the where the dialogue was. So what was supposed to be like a minute long cutscene could last up to like three minutes at times and it's really fucking infuriating. Uh, so that was broken in the career mode. The sound was garbled and broken at times. It was really like corrupt sound. Um, we'll just look kind of glitches, shadows flickering and stuff like that, which is kind of minor, but it's still annoying. And then to top it all off, it was deleting. Uh, when you tried to play it offline, it was it was deleting your saying your save file was corrupt and stuff like that, and threatening to delete it and everything, which is fucking amateur, like the like schoolboy level stuff. It's just fucking broken essentially at that point. So the review was a good seventeen hundred, eighteen hundred words, a, a lengthy review. Um, and yeah, the, the conclusion essentially was, look, we'd love to say this game is great because when everything works together, um, it's great, it's a brilliant game, it's like an 8 out of 10 essentially, I didn't say that, I ended up saying that in the comments later, but it would be an 8 out of 10 had it all been working totally fine. Um, but before the, before the review went up, I emailed the, one of the editors at Nintendo Life and said, look, here's the deal, I really like this game, but it's fucking broken. Um... So I'm torn. I don't know whether to give it an eight, in the knowledge that it will, well, in the hope that it will be patched eventually, because these, that's just the world we live in today, and games that games are patched. Um, so chances are it's going to get patched. Essentially, especially if it's such a bad bug, and I'd seen, uh, I'd heard of other people experiencing it as well, other reviewers and stuff. Um, on the other hand. As it was in its current state, it broken so much, it was probably about a 4 out of 5 um, out of 10 instead. Um, and I was also wary of giving it that, because chances are, or chances were at the time, it, it, it could have received a patch the following day, which it did on Xbox One and PS4, it turns out. Um, and at which point that review score then becomes fucking stupid, because you've given a game a 5 out of 10 for being broken, even though at that point, a day after release, it isn't broken anymore. Um... And to a lot of people, that's the case of, well, that's fine, just change the score. Uh, but there's a loads of a lot of other um, things to consider when you do that. And again, I tried to explain this in the comments once the review had been posted, but a lot of people misinterpreted what I was trying to say. One of the points I was making is that Metacritic, for example, um, have a policy of not changing uh, reviews when a website changes a review in case anything's tried to be covered up or anything like that. Uh, they note a score down as what it was originally given. So if the game had come out broken, I'd given it a four. The next day it's patched and we change it to an eight. Uh, or Metacritic, that'll forever be a four or 40%. Um, which someone interpreted as 
you only care about Metacritic, you're you're selling your soul to Met- Metacritic, Metacritic is uh, controlling, so take my jumper off, I'm roasting, getting worked up, <laughs> um, basically saying, oh, you're putting too much emphasis on Metacritic, it's controlling the way you do your job, which is bullshit, it was just a point uh, th- that I was making, it wasn't, that's not the reason we didn't do it. Uh, one of the other reasons is that when a website gives a game a score, that um, score then goes all over the internet. It's on NeoGAF threads, it's on Reddit forums, it's on uh, just Twitter all over the place. It goes everywhere. Uh, site aggregation things. You, you, know, you get a website, it's, every now and then when a big game comes out, websites do a review roundup and show you all so-and-so gave it eight, so-and-so gave it this, so-and-so gave it that, listing all the things. All that would... If the next day we changed the score, all that would still be there. So websites would still have it reported as a four. Reddit would still be discussing it as if it was a four. NeoGAF would still have it as a four. Nobody's going to go back and edit their posts because the nature of the internet means that these things move on. So it becomes not just on the site. On the site, it may have become an eight, but everywhere else on the internet uh, where the score could also be found, it would still be a four or a five. Um, so that's another one of the reasons I, 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 I'm of the belief um, which Nintendo Life guys shared with me that once you give a game a score ideally you want to give a game a score when you're 100% certain that's the, the final score that's not going to be changed all things going well so the decision we made amongst ourselves was um, that was the couch by the way in case you heard this it's the couch, I'm on a leather couch I'm not breaking wind as they say um, we just d- d- discussed it with Nintendo Life and guys, and the, the, the decision was basically made that we were going to give it a no score, um, and give them a week or so to see if the patch would be released. Um, 2K to see if 2K released a patch, uh, because it was clear that it was broken, um, and stuff like that. But ninety nine times out of a hundred games that are broken to that extent are fixed pretty soon after release because it's it's suicide to bring out a game that's that broken because it becomes poison but everyone on the internet knows it's broken and nobody buys it so 99 times out of 100 the game like with big errors like that gets patched fairly quickly um so the decision was made to write the review in the kind of maybe naive hope that people would actually read the words um and use the words to draw the conclusion on whether they want to buy the game or not um and then the score would come later once we'd given enough time to see if a patch was coming. If after a week or so it became clear that a patch wasn't coming, um, then we'd rethink it and go, right, okay, is it time to finally say enough's enough, here's a final score. The benefit of the doubt is kind of worn out. Um, so yeah, so it went up, no score, but a good 1,700, 1,800 words on, on the game saying this bit's good, this is good, here's all the different modes, here's what you can do in it, but here's the broken bits. This is broken, that's broken, this is broken. Um, and then at the end saying we can't in all... Uh, we In all kind of confidence, we can't recommend this game to you in its current state. And I think at the end it said something like hold fire just now until we see if it gets patched. Uh, basically, don't spend your money on it yet. Um until we see what's happening, and fingers crossed that next month when WWE 2K18 comes out, also by 2K, that it won't have a similarly horrible launch, or something like that, I said. Suddenly the comments suddenly become a big fucking war as to whether, why did we not give it a score, why are we fucking, uh, why 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 did we 
uh, for some other game, why did we give it a low score because it was broken, even though it was like later patched, and why did we not do it for this and that? Again, going back to what I've said over and over again, I'm not Nintendo Life, I'm Chris Scullion. I uh, review the games, that's my policy. I discussed it with them. I take my reviews on a case-by-case basis. With the greatest respect to the other writers, I could not give a quarter of a fuck uh, what other people do when they score games. Um, when I'm commissioned to review a game, I'm commissioned to give it the score that I think it deserves. Um, and so it's my decision, it's my review, it's my score. Um Every now and then we can have a wee argument with the editor about it if they don't think it reads like an eight or something like that. It's just what that's what happens. It's it's annoying, but um, over time you, that happens less because it's just so it's just something you got to feel your way through. And eventually, as you get more experience, you you, you learn to write a review that reads like this. You, you you basically learn to assign a number that reads like the text does, um, and because the numbers arbitrary. To be totally honest, the, the, the numbers just there. We there's no prof, there's no profession. We don't get into nobody gets into games journalism so they can put numbers attribute numbers to games. Uh, we get into because we want to write about games. We want to tell people about games and discuss games and critique games and look at the world of gaming and stuff like that. We don't get into this business to say mm, seven. This one mm, eighty three mm, B plus. That's that's just a bit we have to do, um, just for the sake of having people fucking argue about it, um, because a lot of people, sad as it is, don't have the patience to read fucking reviews, um, which is the the main reason I don't put scores on Tyrell Hack. It's like, granted, fewer people will read my reviews, but I don't give a fuck because the people who do read it will pay attention to it and hopefully enjoy it and get something out of it, rather than. I could probably double my audience if I put scores in the game, but that those extra people would just be the kind of people that would go to the site, scroll right down, see what the number was, and then go in the comments and say, what, eight? It should be a seven, you c-. Um So I don't often use that word, but <laughs> that's how uh, over the top some people take it. Um, so yeah, that's that's where we are. It's, it's So yeah, the, the, the comments got a bit ridiculous. Um, and... Yeah, it got it got to the point where uh, people were not not just insinuating, but flat out basically suggesting that we and by as as a result I were helping two K out um, by not posting the score that uh, we had done a deal with two K and, and we were best pals with two K and that we decided that oh we'll do you a favour two K we'll give you time to sort this out and. Uh, so we do, so spare the embarrassment of a bad review score, etc., etc., and that was annoying in itself. And I put put a few replies up saying, "No, listen, that's that's shite. So don't 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 start this nonsense. Um, just fucking the the, the review is the review, and what I just explained to you earlier about how how uh, the review was written, how I emailed them about the score and said, look." what are we going to do here because I, I think it's an 8 but it's broken as, as it's a 4 or 5 what are we do and we decided as a team uh, me as a freelancer and them as the editorial staff to, to sit on the score um, until we kind of gave them a, a kind of a period to see if the, if the patch was, was forthcoming um, so it was nothing to do with being pally with 2k I've, I've, I've got no um reason to be badly with 2k i've been doing this for too long to uh worry about 
forming friendships or anything like that I, I, I get on with some PRs and if you're doing your job properly you can get along with PRs and still give uh, kind of harsh criticism to games if they deserve it the example I always give uh, is back in the day when I was at a Fish Nintendo magazine I went to New York with Sega on a press trip big kind of fancy press trip to New York to visit Marvel's headquarters and all this kind of stuff and it was for the Iron Man game, uh, which on we ended up being fucking abysmal. Um, and then a couple of months later, the game came out for review and I gave it like, I can't remember the exact score, but something like 14%. Or so. It was like one of the lowest scores I've ever given in. Um, and got in touch with the PR had taken me to New York and said, mate, here's a, here's a score. And he was like, yeah, fine, don't give a fuck. And that's, it's, a, it's refreshing. And granted, that's not always the case. A lot of times you'll get phone calls from PRs um, or emails from PRs with with the kind of passive aggressive. Oh, we're curious to know why you think this, and it's like, well, it's it's written in the review. There's fucking two thousand words there. That's why I think it. Um, but eventually they realise they're on a kind of hiding to nothing, and they realise that they're not going to change. If you're a professional, you're not going to change your your mind. Um, it's you got to see it from a PR's point of view. It's their job to get the game good publicity. That's just that's the nature of the beast. Uh, but as a games critic or journalist or what you want to call it, as our job is to give an honest review of it. And there's an obvious clash there. There's an obvious um, like resistance pushing against each other, whereas where I'm wanting to uh, say it's a bad game, it's in their best interest for it to get a good write-up, whereas it's in my best interest for it to get a bad write-up because I think it's a bad game. Um, so there's always that clash. But if you're professional about it and they're professional about it, you realise you've got to do... Uh, be honest about it and they realise that you've got to, that they're not going to be able to change your mind because you are honest about it and that's it, that's life, that's how it goes so any claims that that I was fucking pally with 2k are just bullshit and it just got more and more ridiculous and it didn't help that there was then a story about the 6 Axis website Uh, the guys the 6 Axis, Axis to be fair I don't know them Um, I haven't, I, I, I don't know many or any of them uh, but the uh, alleged story, and I say alleged because I've been in this game long enough to know that people uh, misinterpret things and, and uh, sex up stories to, to make them sound more outlandish than they are. But the alleged story is that the Sixth Axis gave the game three out of ten as a kind of uh, partly as a protest to the microtransactions in it and some of the glitches and stuff like that. And the, the alleged story is that 2K got in touch with them and said, fuck's going on here, um, what's this all about? And that the, the score was temporarily pulled from the site, um, and I believe it was then put back up later on. But it was the fact that it was allegedly pulled was enough to get people going, wait a fucking minute here, 2K's pressuring sites and um, removing bad reviews of NBA 2K18. As soon as I saw that story, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, because I know what's coming next, because I know you're then going to get comments, and sure enough, that was what happened on my Nintendo Life review, linking to that story, saying, oh, well, look what happened to the Sixth Axis, that's clearly what's going on here as well, and it's like, fuck off. <laughs> With the greatest of respect, fuck off. Um, one guy in particular started blatantly flat out saying, oh, you, you gave, you're you not giving it a score, even though it's clearly bugged, even though there's clearly microtransactions in it. I find that highly suspicious at best. Go and fucking chase yourself. I don't care what you think it is at best. At best, how can it be suspicious at best? At best, uh, the situation is that I gave it a fucking review based on what I played, which is exactly what happened. That's at best. 
Um, suspicious at best gives me no fucking credit whatsoever and and leaves absolutely no possibility that I was just doing my fucking job honestly, uh, which really winds me up. Um, so yeah, it, it's it, it got it got to the point where um, it annoys me and and it's something I'd like to ask, but I, I would like to think the majority of people listening to this are decent people because um, most people who listen to this podcast are followers on my Twitter and stuff like that and. I like to think, by and large, most of my Twitter followers are a nice bunch. They're not like a bunch of fannies who troll uh, websites and just more about review scores and stuff like that all the time. So I'd like to think I preach into the converted for the most part, but see if you see a review score that you don't like. Fine. like the, That's life. You don't like it, that's fine. Don't start fucking... Um, looking conspiracy theories and getting all Da Vinci Code and Illuminati and claiming that... Uh, fucking Elvis came back from space and told me to hold fire on a fucking NBA score um, it's never as suspicious as you think it is and any time it is it gets found out on the f- very few occasions where these things happen there's always whistleblowers to come out and say wait a fucking minute here um, believe it or not 99% of us um, are, are, are just trying to do an honest job and, and if we if we have a problem with the way something's going, we're probably going to call it, call it out. Um, we're more likely to call it out. There will always be bad eggs in every um, industry. The games journalism is not unique in that um, front, but it's also not unique in that one bad egg doesn't mean the entire fucking batch is rotten. Uh, it just means there's one bad egg. I'm sick of people pointing to one-off obscure things that happened with small websites and going, oh, look, now that I'm saying the six axes is a small website I'm talking about, in the past people would look at something that happened to some site somewhere and go, look, perf- the, the perfect example is fucking Brash Games with that fucking cock that was that was running that site um, and they've changed it to another site recently. Um, the number of people who pointed out and says, games journalism these days, fuck off, that's not, that's not games journalism, that's a fucking dick um, using young uh, kind of up-and-coming writers and, and basically rinsing the, the work off them and paying them fuck all for it. That's an asshole. like, basically using uh, enthusiastic people's words to make money off them. Uh, that's not games journalism, that's a, that's a wanker. Um, that's not a indicative of the whole industry. Um, so yeah, that's... Sorry, I'm going on a massive rant here, but that's, that, is, that is what it is. So yeah, long story short, they then get arseholes saying, oh, well, you, you still haven't given it a score? Why are you not giving it a score? And that that's to me, that's the irony here, and this is the hypocritical bit of it, and, and the bit that is is annoying is that the people, the, the commenters in that, under that review basically saying, I can't believe you haven't given it a score yet, it's your duty to give it a score, blah, 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 blah. They're putting more pressure on me and on the website than 2K were, which was not at all. Uh, 2K at no point said pull this score or don't give it a good don't give it a low score until we patch it or anything like that. 2K never got in touch with me at all. Um, the only people putting pressure on me about the game score were the commenters. Um, while at the same time, ironically suggesting that it wasn't given a score because 2K were putting pressure on me, um, which I which blows my mind is that someone comes saying, oh, "I can't believe you're being pressured into." giving that game a high score. Anyway, give it a low score. <laughs> Fuck off. You're just as bad. In fact, you're worse because you're actually doing it and there's actually evidence in the comments thread of you doing it. Um, so yeah. The point is, 
2K did not pressure anyone, me or anyone else at Nintendo Life, to give that game a high score. But certain commenters did pressure, uh, are attempting to pressure me into giving the game a low score, which I'm not going to fucking do. Um, we've got our plan, which we'd laid out at the start, to uh, however many days or whatever length of time we're going to give it, and before we decide, right, enough's enough, here's the score, it's broken. Um, and that's something we're still discussing, something that's still ongoing. But this kind of shit doesn't help, because if we finally decide, right, enough's enough, it's a four or a five, it's going to look like now that, we've, that we're under pressure from the commenters and we've did it, we've basically bowed to the commenters. Um, whereas if it finally gets patched and we give it an eight, the commenters are going to allege that we bowed to pressure from 2K. So I'm damned if I do and damned if I don't. If we give it a high score the insinuation will be that 2K influenced it and if we give it a low score the insinuation will be that the commenters influenced it and either way it's going to look like I'm not capable of forming an opinion myself and that I'm being forced into it either way which is just bullshit it's a shit situation to put someone in um, so at the end of the day I couldn't give a fuck um, when the score goes up it'll go up um, and that's it read the fucking 1800 words that are there because um, that does in my opinion I'd like to think I'm an okay writer and the words that are there I'd hope do a decent job. The only thing I, I, I can see that I could have done better is maybe mention the microtransactions a bit more. For some reason, uh, this year NBA 2K18 has suddenly been hit with a shitstorm for its microtransactions. Even though as someone who's played the game for a long time, it's had microtransactions since fucking 2K maybe 15, 2K14. Um, it's always had the thing in career mode where you get this virtual currency, it's called VC, virtual currency, where um, you can either earn this currency by playing the game or you can buy it with real money and it's obscenely expensive. But that's been the case for like four years now. Um, I don't understand why suddenly it's become such a big deal now. Um, It's just for for whatever reason, the, the press have jumped on it this time and suddenly it's grown arms and legs. And now people who were never involved in the NBA in the past... Uh, readers have now suddenly decided this is the new uh, thing they want blood for. And to be honest, I fucking hate microtransactions when they're done like that. It's it's, it's a horribly done way of doing it. But I I can see that I didn't mention it much in the review, but I think it's just because, and I fully hold my hands up to it, I've I've experienced it in this game for four years now, so it's not new to me. When I was writing the review, I was looking for what was new in the game, and to me that isn't new. And I conceded it because it was a review of the Switch version a lot of Nintendo fans won't have played an NBA 2K game so to them it would be new so fair enough I could have mentioned that but people were insinuating that I was doing it to protect not mentioning it to protect 2K and all this shit just just fuck off that's just stupid um, and I don't appreciate it it's it's really rude and disrespectful um, and just downright insulting uh, that I've been doing this for 11 and a half years and people still People who have never heard of me and I've never heard of them think they can suddenly decide uh, to they've nailed my character and they've nailed my uh, my ability to do my job and it's really infuriating. So yeah, I'm not going to take that. Um, so there we go. I, I I do I've I've in recent times I've decided to stay away from a lot of Twitter arguments. I used to argue a lot with people on Twitter and I've kind of calmed that down a bit. I don't do that so much anymore. But if anyone ever questions my integrity or anything like that, I'm going to fucking give them both barrels because I'm not taking that that's that's the worst thing you can do to someone whose job is to review games is question their integrity and, and their honesty when doing that so 
fuck that, I'm not having it. Um, so yeah, there we go. Sorry, that was a massive, um, extremely negative rant, but I promise next time it won't be so negative. Um, I hope you enjoyed, I don't know if enjoyed is a word, but I hope you uh, tolerated my views. Um, and yeah, hopefully you enjoyed this podcast as it was. Um, I promise the next one will be cheerier again, get a guest back on. But I thought for this one, I've, I've been so wound up the last couple of weeks. Um, when Tyrell got added to Metacritic, um, I was like, oh, brilliant, cool, I'm on Metacritic. And they put me in the no score section because I don't give scores for games. And for a while, for a couple of weeks, I was thinking, hmm, maybe I should add start adding a scoring system to the site because as good as it is to be on Metacritic, putting scores in kind of puts me in amongst the, in amongst the mix and it makes it more interesting. And um, ultimately, in a purely shameless way, you get more traffic if, you're, if your reviews have scores than if they don't. Because most people just click on, a lot of people click on the high score, the low score. I would never try and uh, work it that way. But the law of average suggests that maybe once in every so many reviews, one will be quite near the top or quite near the bottom, just depending on whether I like it or not. Um, and I'd invariably get more traffic that way because more, most people click on the, the Metacritic reviews that have got scores rather than the unscored ones. So for a while I was kind of toying with the idea, of, yeah, maybe, I'll, maybe I will add a scoring system to the site. But these these two Nintendo Life reviews, the Metroid one first, um, and this NBA one, have have a hundred percent solidified it for me. I will never, never put scores in my reviews on the site because it's just not worth the hassle. Life's too short. Um, I've got a nine to five job. I've got a wife. I love that watch the films with every night, um, and at the same time, I'm juggling a website and a YouTube channel and a podcast. Um, and yeah, I, I don't have time to argue with dicks. Um, who don't know who I am and uh, come over from Metacritic and decide they want to pick a fight and call me all the arseholes under the sun. Don't have time for it. Uh, so yeah, I, I will happy happily continue having lower traffic but quality traffic over quantity of people who will actually read my words um, and hopefully get something out of them and hopefully appreciate them and hopefully um, be entertained because the point of the site is to make you laugh and I realise I've probably not made you laugh a lot during this podcast because it's just been a big ranty moan and I don't usually, it's pretty uncharacteristic for me um, because I don't like to moan a lot or sometimes give a bit of effing and jeffing on Twitter I get that and I get a wee bit of moaning on Twitter sometimes but by and large when I'm covering games I'm quite positive and I don't like being negative like I am just now but this is really hitting breaking point now and it's going to get worse before it gets better um, it seems to be the internet at the moment is just a situation where everyone's looking for a reason to be insulted or looking for a conspiracy to expose left, right and centre and it's just like, just fucking sit back and relax. We're talking about video games here, we're not bringing down Somalian government or anything like that. It's just, I'm, I'm asked to play a basketball game and say if I thought it was any good, that's it, that's what it comes down to. Uh, fucking calm yourselves. Not you, because I'm sure you're listening, you're a lovely person, but other dicks need to chill out. Otherwise, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Anyway, I've saved my bit. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, thanks for listening. I, I do appreciate all the support, especially those who are on my Patreon account who uh, fork out on a monthly basis to keep me doing this. It's really, really appreciated. Um, it's and and also those who don't and who just always retweet my stuff on Twitter or post it on Reddit. Anytime anyone posts one of my articles on Reddit. The traffic just fucking is the boost is enormous. I really appreciate anyone who ever does that. Um, and the same deal when my videos are on YouTube. Anyone who covers the, them, 
tweets them, retweets them, puts them on sites or forums or whatever, it's always really appreciated. Um, although I've been doing this for a long time, you can always... I appreciate that for the long, the vast majority of my career I was doing a niche uh, thing, writing for a single format British publication. Um, so there's a lot of people who still haven't heard of me outside the UK and even inside the UK uh, who are mostly Xbox or PlayStation fans. I'm still an unknown quantity to a lot of people. So I'm still building, and I want to say the brand because that's a fucking shitty thing. But um, over time, I want people to, I want Tired Old Hack to become a bigger name and, and be a site that people have heard of and people go, oh yeah, Tired Old Hack. That's the guy who did the fucking, what will soon be the massive history feature on Street Fighter. That's the guy who, who's doing the VHS tapes. That's the guy who's doing this and that and other things I've got. Uh, in the pipeline um, and that's the plan and it's a long plan it's not the sort of thing where I can I'm not going to come out and suddenly say a outrageous right wing thing and be a woman hater and, and be racist and get more Patreon followers that way <laughs> because I've seen that happening a lot uh, and that's not me obviously I'm, I'm just going to do what I'm doing and hopefully the quality will uh, what I hope is quality writing that will kind of win through in the end and it will be a long process, but the people who follow me and follow the site and the people who attach themselves to the site will stay attached to the site for the long term um, because hopefully they like what's there and see that it's unique. So yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for uh, listening. Please do subscribe to us on iTunes if you aren't already. If you're watching it on YouTube, please do subscribe to my YouTube channel. Pats this podcast around if you want if you um if you think the points i've made are interesting and they're kind of uh worth hearing for for other people um if you think other people want to hear it please do pass it about um otherwise i will catch you on the flip-flop and yeah good times let's be positive mario odyssey's coming out soon that's gonna be fucking amazing cheers guys thanks for listening bye-bye